Hello, listeners, and welcome to part one of Corey John Hafner's answer to the dreaded question. Corey is an insanely talented actor, singer, and dancer who is currently choreographer on the show that I'm directing at the Little Theater on the Square in Sullivan, Illinois. I've been lucky enough to call him a close friend for the past two years, and I've been so excited to record an episode of this podcast with him. So excited, in fact, that we recorded the longest episode in the Dreaded Questions history, so I've decided to split it into two parts. In today's episode, we discuss what it's been like for him to dive into the worlds of teaching, directing, and choreographing, and the pros and cons of an extended stay at a regional theater. So please enjoy part one of Corey's answer to the dreaded question. So. So. Corey John Hafner. Yes. What are you up to? Oh, gosh. (laughs) That's a common response. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's funny is that, like, I'm up to, like, very little, (laughs) if you think about it. A little and a lot. It's like. You're a busy man. It's a lot of the same thing, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, What am I up to? Well. I'm in Sullivan, Illinois. Yes. Um, I'm working for the Little Theater on the Square. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm their director of education uh, this semester, this fall and spring semester. And um, I'm here with you. Yes. Uh, I'm choreographing Shrek Jr. with the Lily. Um, Lily's directing, I'm choreographing. And um, yeah, I've been out in Sullivan for what will be two years in I July. I cannot believe that. I mean, like, give or take. Like, I had, there have been, like, a month, six Ooh, weeks sure. here or there. Yeah. Where I've been back in New Jersey or New York, but, um, yeah, other than that, it's been, I lived in Illinois. Was it you who I was talking about, about my tax return? Yeah. It was only from one thing. One place. I think anyone who may be listening to this in this moment hates you. It has a is blown really mind. jealous. I bet. And like even when I was like in high school I had multiple jobs. Oh, right. When I was like There's truly in never high been a time. school. There is never once been a time where I got like one what is it, W two, W four? I have no idea. W two. Mm-hmm. W two, sure. Yep. That it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. And so yeah, you've really kind of built a life for yourself out here yeah. with like a f- you know, a full-time job between teaching the kids, like, dance mm-hmm. classes, acting classes, mm-hmm. choreographing mm-hmm. the kids' musicals. You directed the kids' musical last mm-hmm. semester, Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, on top of it, also acting, being an actor here. Yeah, yeah. Um, here at Little Theater Square. The holiday seasons and stuff. It's truly just, it's a full yeah. life. The most hats I've worn probably at any one place. Yeah. Theater or non yeah. You know, lots of different positions and hats, yeah. A lot to juggle, a lot to balance. Yeah. How are Most you... at the same time. Yeah. How are you doing that? How are you finding that? Is that um, is that something you feel like you're kind of naturally good at, or is that something that's taken work? I don't think about it very much, so mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe. Um, I think also the schedule kind of... It, I'd like to give myself the credit and say that I juggle... A lot, which, you know, in, in some cases, there are, like, two of the five things I mentioned happening at the same time. Three, right. like, on one day or, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. Uh, the, the schedule... So, for example, I, I only really perform during the summers. Right. Right? So that only is perf- kind of inherently compartmentalized. Inher- exactly, yeah. Um, a couple things... You know, there are a few curveballs in there. Like, they, we have... This education program is pretty dynamite. 
Mm-hmm. It's one that, like, I wish that I had when I was growing up. Can you imagine? So, I, I mean, in in every way, the fact that it is so closely associated with professional theater that has a summer sex season it's every single year. It's a, Even if you just are watching it. Right. You're just exposed as an audience member to so much yeah. live theater all the time. And seeing new people come in and out. Um, like, from New York or Chicago or yeah. wherever. That is such a great learning experience. Right. Yeah, so I performed during the summer. And um, teach during the fall, and uh, to have teaching and I don't. I've uh, toyed with the idea of, of um, performing and choreographing in the same type of in the same season. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like maybe asking or exploring the idea of you know shadowing a choreographer during the summer. But I found that I really like choreographing. Yeah. For an audience, a, a youth audience. Yeah. Oh wow. Intend uh, choreography intended to intended yeah. for for youth. Yeah, we were, you and I were actually kind of talking about this earlier that choreographing for a young audience is a very specific skill yeah. set and a specific type of storytelling. Yes. What have you found that you love about that? I find that there are more opportunities to teach. If I like yeah. I'm teaching a lot when I'm you know, it's not just teaching combinations like I have to break down time step. Right. I have to break down a lot of like small little things and those those little victories are satisfying for me. Absolutely. You know? So like um and you don't get those with like you know Grown-ups. normally from yeah, <laughs> they kinda know what you're talking about already. Yeah. Also the pressure's off with kids, if I'm being yeah. honest. You know, choreographing for adults, which I've I've done once here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was lovely. It was perfect. And if it was ex- an experience like that where there was minimal dancing and it was mostly about storytelling and about the comedy of it all. You yeah. know, it wasn't really about the eight counts or really about the steps. Right. It was about just another choreographed joke, really. Right. You know? Right. Those things I like. Yes. Those things I like doing for a professional, you know, older company. But um, when it comes to the uh, choreographing for the youth, I find that that is kind of... It might be where my talent lies or where my comfort lies at this point. I feel like it's a good starting point yeah um and um so that i guess also helps me compartmentalize i only choreograph when i teach which is during the semesters right 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 summer and then um, yeah it is really like two completely different hats for you it it is yeah. yeah so luckily the schedule and the seasons itself the way the theater kind of functions has helped me out in terms of juggling you know those things but does switch gears quite abruptly. <laughs> yeah. And had you really, I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that you had taught really at all before this. No, never. And had you choreographed? I, like, choreographed, like, a, like no. I've never done, okay. like, a show. My name has never been in a playbill. I've never, okay. like, assisted anybody. I've never, you know. So I say, you know, no. I knew that I had the itch to do it. Okay. But I hadn't done it yet. So then when this opportunity kind of came a knock in because uh-huh. for our listeners mm-hmm. maybe just give a little bit of context on as to like how you ended up here sure. like how you started doing this it like was crazy like fell into my lap story so i was 
Oh, I'm going to make the listeners mad with this one. Yes, make them angry. It was the day I won the Hamilton Lottery playing for the first time a a Saturday night after the cast recording came out. Well, Corey, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Um, everybody. Good night. It's been nice. See you never. You just lost all your subscribers. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Is that what you do to a podcast? You subscribe to it? You sure do. Okay. I will be sure to subscribe to this one. Yes. Okay. Uh Well, so for our two (laughs) listeners remaining who have not left us, <laughs> Corey won Hamilton the first time he tried. First time. Saturday night. Anyway. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh-huh. Okay, so even before that, sorry, I just had to jump to that detail. Yes, it was exciting. Um, before that, I came out to do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat here I remember it well. Sullivan. Lily remembers it well. That's where we met. Yes! We met that summer. So it was the summer 2017, I believe it was in July. It was in July. Mm-hmm. Of course it was. And I loved Joseph, and I had done it before, so I came out here, did Joseph, and then... I uh, was interested in the Christmas show, so I knew I was coming back for the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And in that in interim, in the the in between, I didn't know what I was going to be up to. So after Joseph closed, I went back to New York, and uh, I was you know bussing tables, winning Hamilton. You know, I was like doing <laughs> a lot. You know, I was like very busy. Yes. And by very busy, I mean, like, not busy at all. Um, and, like, desperate for money. You know, desperate for money in between. Unrelatable. Things. Yeah. Don't but know no, what you're talking about. No one about. knows what I'm talking Can't about. Can't imagine yeah. what that must have been like. I'm not very good at the restaurant industry. Like, I did, it stresses me out. It's like, stressful. It's very stressful. You know, I did some temping, but it doesn't pay very well. Yeah. Like, you know, survival jobs. Finding the survival jobs are scarier, scarier than the survival job itself, I feel. Absolutely. You know, it's just like that job hunt is nerve-wracking. It is. Um, So I didn't want to suffer for too long. So when um, I got an email saying they were looking for a director of education, if if I would be interested, I was like, sure. It was more money than I had ever made before. Um, It was at my future employer, you know, is that my future place of employment. You knew you were coming back. I knew I was coming back. It, um, at the time, you know, I was dating someone who was enrolled in grad school. Right. um, Who was going to be in Pennsylvania for the foreseeable future, you know, for the next three years. And, um, I thought, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did you feel any like imposter syndrome about that? Oh, everything. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I even told them about it. I said, I don't think I'm qualified for this. Like, I'm very honest about what I can do. Excuse me, I'm an imposter, you've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, I literally was like, I don't know what they saw for my kickball change. (laughs) I'm kidding, like, um, but no, I was like, if you, I was like, from what you saw, if you think I'm qualified for this, then I'm down. Yeah. Um, But yeah, imposter syndrome big time. They were were having me, like, teach tap for the first time, and I haven't. I remember you were scared. I hadn't taken a tap class in so long. Like I had done a lot of like shows and like that muscle was being stretched in some way, but as far as technique and like, I had to go back and remember what things were called. Right. You know, like I knew I could do them, but I couldn't remember what they were. Right. You know, or sometimes I couldn't do them. I was really rusty at some things. Um, And now I'm like, oh shoot. Like I really have to like teach this <laughs> teach this right. not just perform but just like break down how to do it yeah <laughs> and with that comes like vocabulary that mm-hmm. i wasn't well versed in yeah. you know anymore and um yeah imposter syndrome big time i was and i i told them i said i don't know that i i i, I, I said I, i've never yeah. taught before and they were like you know you'll figure it out and right. i did right i totally did 
And do you think so. that's how you overcame that of, of just like having to do it? To, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, this is it. This is happening. Yeah. So I better just do it. I remember being so nervous my first day of classes and I think I had first graders. <laughs> I think I had kindergarten and first grade. Is that right? Being terrified of five and six. It was like intro to dance. Right. It was like like they can't even walk yet. It's like some <laughs> of them like yeah. I mean, they just like are trying this because they they have to. They're being forced. It, it, like, absolutely. They're not even interested. Yeah. Probably. They're crying even to be in the room. Right. Does that make it harder or easier? Well, harder. Way harder. Yeah. Because then, then it's not yeah. about dancing, it's about babysitting. Right, that's true. You know? Because I was going to say, in some ways, it's not much easier because it's not like they know anything. So anything that you teach them right. is new. But it's getting yeah. to the teaching part. Right. I can get, th- I do maybe like 15 seconds of real honest teaching in that half hour. Yeah. Of all of everyone's eyes everyone's on me. Everyone's focused. Fully understanding exactly yeah. what's going on. Yeah. High schoolers, however, are my favorite to teach. Yeah. Because they're... Even the, they're, even the middle school age, yeah. you know, the sixth through eighth, that's when they start to really know that they're serious about it. Yeah. So they come to class prepared. Yeah. In most cases. And, and interested. And interested, ready to work, ready to get better. Yeah. Um, they're no longer being forced to do it. They've finally chosen their interest and this is what they like to pursue, at least for now. Yeah. And um, that makes it a lot easier to teach because they're ready to learn. So as someone that I coach with talks a lot about you should aim to feel like an imposter every day because it means what it means to be an imposter is that you're doing something you've never done before. So rather than being like, Oh, I feel imposter syndrome. So like I'm doing something wrong. I'm duping people Mm -hmm. or I'm not worthy of this or whatever. Kind of acknowledging that like, actually I am an imposter because I don't know what I'm doing. Actually by definition I am an imposter because I have not done this before. But that that's actually a good thing because it means you're stretching yourself, growing yourself, putting yourself out there, doing new things. Sure. It sort of sounds like that's exactly what you did. Mm -hmm. You felt imposter syndrome. You told them you were an imposter. Flat out. And did it anyway. You didn't say, I don't think I can do this because I'm not qualified. You said, I will do this, but I want you to know that I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. I've never done this. Right. Yeah. yeah, Not that I don't know what I'm doing, that I've never done this. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you said. And I think that's much better. Right. And so would you say that either consciously or unconsciously, that's a philosophy you might hold as well? That feeling imposter syndrome is actually a good thing and that it's something that you should aim for frequently. That sounds like the perfect answer. And all I want to do is say yes. Yes. Like all I want to do is be like, yes, I inspire everyone to do so. Yes. Do what's scary. Jump off the cliff. I will be honest. The only, the reason why I really took it was because I wanted. it was like a personal thing that I needed to get away from New York. Yeah. So it became more about that. And then in doing that, I became an imposter. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't yeah. like, Ooh, I tricked them into doing that. It was just like, I just want to get away and I'm willing to do whatever. Hey, just so you know, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. So it didn't right. really, I should say like, while I felt impotent, does that answer your question? Yeah. Cause it's like, so it's, it's not, it's a, it's a philosophy that I would love to subscribe to, but it's right. not one that it wasn't applicable here. You don't even think that subconsciously that was there? Or you don't think that maybe that's something... It was more an obstacle for me that I knew Mm. that I wasn't... Which I wasn't backing down from. Right. But it was one that I knew I definitely wasn't, like, 
it wasn't like a goal of mine that I was trying to overcome. Sure. You know, and it wasn't like a plan to like start teaching, but it was like, right. okay, if I'm going to keep myself busy, if I'm going to keep making money, if I'm going to be able to pay rent, quote right. unquote, I say that because I don't pay rent here. Right. You know, if I'm going to be able to like save money for the things I need, that means yeah. I have to teach. Okay. So. But there's so many ways to make money, Corey. I don't know that I believe that you fully just did it for the money. I did it for the money. I did it because I really wasn't feeling New York at the time. Yeah. I did it because I didn't know where my mental health was. Mm. Um, I didn't know what it would do to my relationship at the time. At the time, I was sharing an apartment with this person who was then right. going to grad school. So I didn't know if I should stay in that apartment. You right. know, I kind of wanted my own adventure. Yeah. So this kind of fell into my lap. And honestly, it was like more money than... I would have made in New York yeah. and I had a lot of things to pay for. I yeah. had like bills and I, I, I guess the, I guess the difference is, I guess the difference between me and just like someone else who might feel imposter syndrome, which like, I, I'm not saying either way is correct, but it's just like, I'm someone who just likes to get something out of the open. Like, yes, I probably, yes, I was having imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. but normally with that comes like the secrecy of having it. Yeah. And I didn't have that. Yeah. That made me feel comforted. Was the fact that I was so honest about having never done it before. I thought, I have nothing to lose. Right. I thought, they know everything that they need to know to hire me to do this. Right. And that gave me some kind of confidence that... Yeah, a certain level of trust in them. Of trust in them, in me. Right. You know, and then so that let the syndrome subside. And then, yeah, I I mean, a, a, a... a realization in me that was like, Corey, you're not stupid. Right. You know, like, th- really think about what they're asking you to do. Right. Do you not do this? Right. All the time? Right. You know, come on. Yes, you've never done it in this studio with these kids right. at this place. But you've seen it done. Right. Millions of times. And do you, would you say, would you still consider yourself an imposter? Or how do you feel like you've grown or learned from doing this? I still consider myself an imposter, actually. And I always will. Yeah. So that's just like a thing about me, I think. Um, but mostly because a challenge mm-hmm. out here um, has been, I I have very few resources to get better yeah, myself. Right. I do a lot of like YouTube videos. Yeah. You know, like I've been able to do, drill some like tap technique using YouTube yeah. video programs, um, which sounds so like, I don't know, it sounds so like canned. I think it sounds mavericky. Like you, yeah. you don't have. I don't have like I can't. I imagine there are classes in Chicago. I that's three hours away. That's three hours away. <laughs> that's fifty dollars a train ride. Right. Sixty dollars a train ride. No, that's not. That's like, it's that's just not, not an option. But YouTube is right here, right now. YouTube's it's free. Right here. I have a free studio, literally downstairs. Right for, underneath you. For our listeners, I also my our housing is right above the studio. Like, so literally I downstairs. literally downstairs. I go down two flights of stairs. I'm in the studio. Right. And so it's quite easy for me to... Do it on your own. Do it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why would you go to Chicago when you can do that? Yeah. But so, that's what I mean by, like, it sounds, it sounds it's, resourceful. You're, uh, you're yeah. making it work. Yeah, you kind of have to find those things because you are not the best dancer in the county. But I'm like, there are no, th- there, there, are, there are no other classes available for me to right. kind of improve my skill other than the things I already know and can tell myself while... Right. I'm hoping to train a room of younger people, you know, because I'll dance with them and like tuck those hips under Corey, you know, right. like, you know, all the cues you give them, apply all the to cues you as well. I, I applied 
I try to apply to myself. But you feel... I'm sure you feel like you've improved. I do feel I've improved, yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I'm a better teacher than I am dancer. Mm. Yeah. I really do think I've, I've found um, a flow of how to describe something. Yes. You explain things really well. You think so? I do. Thank you. I, th- I will admit that I think so as well. Good. I, I think that it. I have a skill of explaining things in a million different ways. Yes. Because minds think very differently. Yeah. And I've been in situations where some the people the people next to me who have been in just as many tap classes as I have this semester mm-hmm. are picking it up super fast from this person and I'm not. Right. So what about their brain is and I realize that I'm a it's language. I, it's language. Yeah. yeah. It's language or it's it's not just terminology necessarily, but no. it's really just the way you just it, whether it be by counts or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it may be and I love whether it be like an imagery thing or, and I kind of love explaining it 8,000 ways. Yeah. And it's gratifying to watch. Like in rehearsal for Shrek Jr., I get to watch Corey teach these kids choreography and like seeing their faces go from completely confused to a deeper sense of understanding to, oh my gosh, I got it because you've explained it yes. three or four or five or six completely different ways. Mm-hmm is amazing. It's amazing to see. It's really (gasps) nice. That's so sweet. Thank you. That's a skill that I'm like, it's a, it's a skill. Something I learned. Yeah. Something I picked up. So I think I've improved as a teacher. It's those skills that I think I've honed the most. Uh, I'm also just dancing just a lot. Just choreographing a lot. That's the thing. Almost every day. Teaching a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, almost every day. If it's not in class, it's outside of class time, still in the studio preparing, preparing. for class or rehearsal or, yeah. you know, working out. We, Lily and I work out almost mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. That's such a important part to even get through for three or four hours of class every night. Right. I like need to warm up. I need to warm up for right. the warm up. You know? right. Exactly. To, to like teach these kids and match teach, their yeah, energy level. Yeah. And, and be able to stick it out. Cause some kids show up at the end of the night and I don't want to be... Right. Pan- Completely, like... Totally wiped. Right. And they're like, my teacher. And they're like, what about me? <laughs> Corey, get up. So, you kind of started to touch on this. What are some of the biggest benefits that you've found from regional life? You know, mm. kind of being outside of New York, being somewhere that isn't really your new home. Because okay. you don't, you know, you haven't purchased a home here. Right. Or you don't rent a home. Like right. you're, you're living in housing provided by the theater. Right. and But... Being in this kind of situation longer term, sure. What would you say some of the benefits are of that? So I've done something similar like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very afraid of New York, and if I'm being honest, like I'll be 30 next year, and I, I'm still a little afraid of New York. Yeah. Um, so ever since I graduated college, I have found any excuse to not live there. Okay. And that was like the time which I think it subsided a little bit, at least in my brain maybe it's because I've been out of New York for so long right but like there was such a like are you working are you working are you working are you working yeah and that's subsided a little bit I think as we've gotten older because people are like yeah. sometimes I'm not so maybe like you right. know like so anyway it was like I, I I didn't care about being in New York as much as I cared about being able to say that I was working and oh. that seems so ugh to me now. But so more to be able to say that you were working or yeah to be I didn't even care I didn't even care well at the time, I liked theater. Right. <laughs> I would hope so. 
considering the fact that this like, was your you, career choice. I was like, thank you, and do I still like this? Do I still like this? But, yeah, I mean, that normally comes earlier for people. For no, me, it it's came, normal. like, right after I was it's shaking normal. the dean's hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, a lot of people oh, go through that. Shit. Yeah, When it exactly. gets, it gets real. I was like, oh, shoot. So, um, yeah, I, uh, went to a regional theater near my house for a while. Uh-huh. I worked with them, with them on and off for about a year. I also worked at the mall. Uh-huh. It wasn't a really happy time of my life. Sure. I wouldn't necessarily repeat it, but it was like a job during the summer and it was yeah. close to home. I got to live at home. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to go to New York. Right. I wasn't ready to pay New York rent. And close friends of mine were having the same feelings. So yeah. I didn't really have anybody to move there with. Yeah. Um, you know, my friends from school were kind of going to their homes too and working regionally there. Okay. So I kind of did what they did. Yeah. And I don't regret it. I liked it. No. I liked the theater that I worked for in Jersey. And then, um, then I worked for Prather, um, entertainment group and mm-hmm. they own the Dutch Apple dinner theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I ended up working nine months at their dinner theater, going on tour with them for three right. months and then another sit down of their, of that tour at their Florida theater. So. Okay. So I've had a lot of experience staying at the same place for a long time. Right. So I've kind of been able to skate by without auditioning too much. Yeah. And I know how lucky I am to be able to say that. Yeah. I auditioned for Prey there, but that led me to just finding people. And since then, I've kind of worked on referrals. Yeah, which is totally a a path. That's a path. That has been my path. We talk about it a lot on the show that the idea that there is a clear path or a pathway to Broadway, usually that's the end goal, is such a fallacy and it's such a myth and it's maddening because then when other people don't follow that pathway and they shake the Dean's hand and then go to Broadway, then it, the math doesn't, it does not compute. Doesn't compute. And yep. you're upset and hurt yep. that you're following all the rules. And not getting the same result. And not getting the result that you feel you're due. No, just do what you fucking want to do. I'm yeah. Sorry, can I curse? You this? can curse. Let's curse. Sweet. Curse it up. Do what you fucking want to do. Exactly. I wanted to go home yeah. and I wanted to do hairspray. Yep. And I wanted to do crazy for you. Yeah. And I wanted to do Cinderella at the beach. Yep. Half hour from my house. Right. That's the job I wanted. Yeah. So that's the job I auditioned for. Yep. And I was super happy doing that. And yeah. I could say like, you know, I made three hundred dollars. Right. Know, for, I think maybe the run of each of those shows. Like, right. I mean, right. like. It's, pennies. Right. But I was like, I was working, quote, for those of you at home, I'm quoting, air quote. I'm air quoting. <laughs> I'm working, but like, yeah. and, you know, exactly. and that was good enough for me. But you and I have talked about this a lot at different moments, and this can be like a day-to-day thing too, like you value different things. Yeah. And so what brought you to this job was mm-hmm. coming to a point in your life where you valued money. I valued money big time. I, um, I realized that, well, I was 27, I turned 27 when I first came out here to Little Theater, and yeah, I found out that, like, I had some major teeth issues, teeth issues going on, and um, yeah, I knew it was time to address them. I had, I think the total count of, like, cavities had to be over 20. Wow. I had over 20 cavities at one time. I hadn't seen a dentist since I was 16, and that visit was even a consultation for a root canal that I never even had done. (gasps) So I would say, I don't even count that one. Wow. So the dentist um, appointment before that was when I was 13, when they told me I needed that root canal. It had been 14 years since an appropriate dentist. So let's, oh, so yes, Mm -hmm. so I was 27 when I finally was like, I need to have some money in my bank account, my mouth hurts me. Yeah. I don't want to open my mouth to sing. Right. I don't want new headshots. Mm Mm-hmm. People are like, you should smile. I'm like, hell no. 
Absolutely not. Every photographer is like, use this one, use this one, use this one. No way. If it has any teeth in it, goodbye. So it was the health of them, too. I had all those cavities. I also never got braces when I was younger, so I've always been insecure about my bottom teeth. They've Mm -hmm. been, like... People say they haven't noticed, but I've really... I think that I've done, like, an okay job at uh, hiding them. Yeah. Um, Because they're really messed up. Yeah. And it just bothered me so much. Yeah, of course. Especially if you're on stage and you want to smile and open your mouth. And I'm like, oh, I have all these issues. Yeah. So I saw this as an opportunity to just collect some moolah. And take care of yourself. Take care of myself. There was a dent... I called a dentist before I even flew out here. I said, hi, my name's Corey. I live in New York, but I'm coming back to Sullivan. I'm planning on staying at least through the Christmas season. I had no clue how long this job would be. And um, so I just asked if I could come in just like for a consultation. And then I made it for my first week out here. And we had some major stuff that we had to get done that first month that could have affected um, way other parts of my health. Yeah. And um, we kind of set up a what will end up being a 20 plus month plan from beginning to end of both medical and cosmetic dental work. Yeah. But what a blessing to have the time, to have the income. The income. I'm not paying rent. And you're not not, paying New York or New Jersey prices for these things. The dentist was cheap out here. Yeah. I have no insurance. Right. So aside from the teeth thing, I went and got a complete physical. I haven't had one of those since I was... Than going to college. Yeah, at least like medical costs in general are, out here lower. are a lot lower. Right. So, so you I, could do something like get a physical right. and And regardless, if I had great insurance and low prices in New York, I would have a rent to yeah, eating exactly. up all my money anyway. Or I would have um, you know, the like you said, the all high the, costs. the cost of living out there is just so high and yeah. out here I just kind of save, save, save. Now, don't get me wrong, I am in mountains of debt still. Yeah. With this teeth thing. Yeah. Because I just wanted to get it taken care of. So right. I set up a credit card that helps me out. Because especially with um, yeah. with any really um, health issue, yeah. like if you don't address it early, it could yeah. obviously turn into something so much worse. And that is obviously true for teeth. And that's what I didn't want to happen. Especially yeah. since I knew I'd be out here. I was like, let me commit to just like doing what's made me insecure for so long. Yeah. And made me, put me in pain for so long. Right. I already, so in terms of like exercising, which is important to me, I do like insanity and Mm -hmm. like video workouts, which I do for my computer. I do those in the studio. Right. You just kind of like make it work. So I think that's a, I think that's just like a benefit of like regional work just in general. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not really a New York person. So knowing that my boyfriend at the time was going to grad school and I would be living in our room alone. Right. I thought any opportunity to be somewhat close to a theater is a benefit. You know, isn't that what... I mean, I've... The phrase that's always comforted me was like, actors move to New York to leave New York. Or at least... To be, you know, yeah. I, I mean, they go there for the opportunities, and, and a lot of those opportunities are, are not outside. in New York. Exactly, yeah. and though that was attractive to me, I had yeah. no problem leaving New York. Right. You know, I was like, you know, I have dreams of being on Broadway, just like the next person. But right. I really have no problem taking my time. Yeah. And I kind of learned that out here. Yeah. Because it forced me to take my time. Yeah. Oh, my teeth are gonna take a year and a half. Well, I can't get headshots for at least a year and a half. Yeah. What am I gonna do? I'll do Whole30. Yeah. I'll get my mental health in order. Yeah. Um, Become an even more fierce dancer. I'll I'll be as as fierce as I possibly can be. Yeah. Get a bunch of new credits on your resume. New credits. In in a variety of areas. Yeah. 
like yeah. different mm-hmm. like obviously like acting but also way more choreography like any totally. choreography yeah I mean like I, I say to people all the time they're like oh when did you start dancing and like I started dancing in college and I said like if you ask my college friends what they would think of me like being hired to dance because that's kind of what I'm hired to yeah. do now but I'm tr- I'm not a dance like I'm not I don't consider myself like a I don't consider myself anything first. Right. So, like, if you told my friends, like, oh, Corey's teaching ballet to, like, middle schoolers, (laughs) like, they would laugh at you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, while at this point I've now grown, you know, and I do think I'm qualified to do so, it was not my first natural skill. Um, But now it's been the one that I'm kind of hired for or one that has given me a strength that's been one of my strengths. The one that's been a huge opportunity. The for one you. that's been, yeah, yeah. This, uh, that opened this door. Certainly, if I wasn't someone who considered themselves even a mover, I don't know that they would have considered me to teach right. jazz and tack classes, right? Or choreograph a kid show, you know? Yeah. I think the uh, it truly did open up a, a creative door in my mind, you know, mm. as far as like I knew it was important for choreography to have storytelling, but I didn't. I was like, how do you do that without it being so on the nose? Or how, would, how yeah. do you do that without it being corny? Right. And to fight, figure out how to do that in, like, little subtle ways that people might not even pick up has just right. been uh, another, like, satisfying uh, part of it that I didn't know existed before yeah. this. So this has revealed what is so... By forcing me to choreograph, you yeah. know, I kind of have figured out what's, what's, what's so great about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what's so great about it? Well, now I know. Well, now I know. Yeah. Whether I'm good at it or not, I know it's fun. Right. I know it's fun. I know it's like... And from the other side of it, you probably have a deeper appreciation now mm-hmm. for those elements when you see choreography that someone else is giving to you yes. to perform. I'm a much better listener. Yeah. At least I like to think I am. Right. At least when I'm in a good headspace. Yeah. <laughs> Again, when I'm a performer, I have lots of anxiety, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. When I, Now I'm... Like we were talking about before, breaking things down in a couple of different ways. Uh-huh. The reason I like that so much is because I don't know that a lot of people consider that because they they almost assume that you know it already. Yes. Which some people might. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh yeah, I've done this. I did this in class last week. Yeah. And I'm like, really? I haven't been in class in two years. <sighs> so I like to explain things in a million different ways so yeah. that it clicks. Yeah. Now, and that's something I've noticed about when I'm like in rehearsal, I'm like, if I hear something some way, I almost have to re-explain it to myself. Right. But now you have the ability I, to do now that. Now I have that skill to which kind is... of better than hoping other people are going to change. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. And now I don't need them to change. They can right. say it in whatever language they want, now I can understand them And all. you can rewrite it, yeah. I can rewrite it, yeah. You've mentioned a few times now not being a huge New York fan, so I'm especially interested in your answer to this question. Do you experience a lot of FOMO being away from New York, or is it more relief? It... At first, I had a very, very clear answer of hell no Mm. about FOMO. Hell no. Yeah. This is just me. I don't know that anyone else feels this way. Mm -hmm. Loneliness and FOMO used to. Now, I will say, like, before 2019, I was, you know, I have to preface by saying there has been a shift. Uh Before the new year, I don't think I had ever felt loneliness or at least not lonely enough or long enough uh-huh. to really be affected by it. Okay. Or have, wow. it affa- or have it affect my decisions. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I, it's never been like, oh, but what about, what about being lonely? Uh, nope. Right. Never you don't, thought You didn't that. have like a fear of loneliness. That would never be a consideration. Yes. Yes. I had no fear of it. It wasn't even a consideration. Yeah. You know, cause I love my alone time. I still do. Yeah. I yeah. still do. I'm I love my alone time. 
you know, it's hard with social media when I go, do I wish that, like, I could see you? Yeah, right. And hang out on your couch, of course. Right, right. You know, my, my best friends live, my, my people live on the East Coast. Right. The more fun, the most FOMO I really have is from, from Jersey. Yeah. I, I miss my family yeah. more than maybe New York. Um, actually, def- definitely more than New York. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I have to remember that uh, while New York is kind of where I want to set up myself, yeah. at least for the next foreseeable couple years, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it, it just has always been a brutal city to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's always been expensive. It's yeah. always been where, like, dreams get crushed. Yeah. You know? Not many of my dreams have gotten crushed elsewhere. Yeah. I should say. You know, I've never felt most down of down about myself other than I have in New York. Yeah. So when I see people out at Harlem Public, I'm like, hmm. When I'm in Harlem Public, my stomach is, like, in my throat because... Wow. Either I have an audition in four weeks that I'm absolutely stressed about. Yeah. Or I don't have enough money. Yeah. Or I just want to go home. Mm Mm-hmm. I live in New Jersey three hours away. Yeah. Or I'm from New Jersey three hours away. Or it's reminding me of heartbreak or, you know, like there are just... uh, New York is also just such a nostalgic city, which makes it so beautiful. Yeah. Which when I visit, I'm like, I soak it up. Yeah. You know, I love it. I love it. But when I'm living there, it like really it does suck the soul out of me or at least it did yes now yeah. i'm ready to kick it in the balls yes. now i don't fuck Ooh, i love that yeah like i'm i'm over it it's a right. bunch of buildings yeah right and a bunch of people i went to school with right and a bunch of people who they know and who they know and who they know right that's what new york is yeah what am i so afraid of right but what's funny is i haven't really been afraid for a while but i just had some things to address first yeah because I think, and this is something that I thought about a lot, but I, we haven't totally had a chance to address on the show, so I'm, I'm happy for the opportunity, is that New York is a difficult place to live, mm-hmm. and New York, unfortunately, people feel very intrinsically connected to New York, uh, actors specifically, or musical theater performers. Yeah. There is sort of an expectation of moving to New York. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember kids that I went to college with had never been to New York even before graduation, before their showcase. And then, like, now you live here. Yep. And... I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't either. And I do think something that is unfortunate that I see is people who love musical theater, love performing, love acting, but who hate New York and who feel stuck there because... That's where their dream is. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? What would you tell that person? Well, I'd ask them to reconsider if that's really where their dream is. What would you suggest? I don't think that anyone should have to go through. <sighs> I, I don't know. This is so. This is more. Per- I don't know how many people will relate to this, but personally, I felt r- most down mm-hmm. about myself in New York. Right. Yeah. I don't think anybody should have to go through. Well, I do. Uh, it's mm-hmm. such a roller coaster, and I know you got to go through the downs to go through the highs. Of Everyone course. will tell you that. Every genius will tell you that. Every successful person, every celebrity, any millionaire will tell you that you have to go through the downs to go through the highs. I know that. I know that. I know that. I feel like I've done enough. Yeah. 
there is a cap on how many lows I'm willing to endure. Yeah. P- other people don't have that cap. They're willing to take on the lows and the lows and the lows and the lows and the lows in the hopes of that high. Yeah. And I'm not. I can only take mm-hmm. so many lows at a time. So basically what I would ask them to not reconsider, but consider, consider. if they haven't is, is all, are all of these lows going to make, going to make the high worth it? Because yeah. like it was no problem it, and it might be worth it for them. Yeah. They might be like, you know what? This is me putting in the time. Yeah. This is me paying the dues and I will earn this and it will feel good. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, but I am not ready to, I think what, just like you said, a lot of people are pressured to go straight to New York because that's how you get your dream. But like, if that's the case, then I'll tell you I'm fucked already. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to believe that I'm fucked. Why should There's you? There's no, I don't know. Where's that evidence? I have a, I have a resume. <laughs> right. I'm dancing every day. Yeah. That's more than almost anyone can say. Yeah. And that's the, and that's their choice. And that's their choice because like they, they're also auditioning. Right. They're also up for the right. big gigs. So there's like, you know, there's of course a balance. I'm in the middle of mm-hmm. Illinois, you right. know, I'm kind of teaching myself a little right. bit. So there are, you know, the pros and cons, but I think I would just say like, yeah, the dream is there, but that doesn't mean you have to live there. I don't know. It's like, uh, it, it's, I liked, for example, like, uh, when I was looking at colleges, like I looked at one in New York city and one in New Jersey. Yeah. Kind of knowing that I would go to the New Jersey one because I would need an in-state tuition. Mm-hmm. It was literally two schools. Wow. The only ones that I could, like, kind of afford. Right. Marymount Manhattan, mm-hmm. which didn't have the degree I wanted. Right. And then Montclair State, which was in-state. Dreams. It was like, and I could, I, the New York City skyline was my view from my dorm room window when I was a freshman year. So when inspiring. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, there it is. Right there. So, um, I just wanted to mention that because that's almost what made me jaded before I was even graduated. What do you mean? So for those who had never been to New York before they shook the Dean's hand and then Mm -hmm. moved to New York, they're somewhat ready. Yeah. You know, somewhat, or at least they're ready to get started. They're ready to like start getting in the room, starting to get to know people, starting to book, you know, like whatever. The regional stuff. We started auditioning for that stuff, you know, our freshman year. Yeah. So you were auditioning while at school. When we were freshmen, we had nine boys, nine girls. Uh-huh. By the end of our first semester, our fall semester, or sh- I should say the spring semester, I'm sorry, by the end of our freshman year, mm-hmm. we had two, a boy and a girl cast in Bobby Birdie on Broadway. Already. That's nuts. Like, they're not coming back sophomore year, they're both in Bye Bye Birdie. Both of them. Both from my class. Hi, Paul. <laughs> and my friend Allison. Hi, Allison. So good for you, Paul and Allison. Good for you, Paul and Allison. Yeah, they just, they book Broadway. Like, I mean, well, talking about these, like, non-linear, uh, Colin and Allison are not linear. Like, not they are not. at all. And they know that. Yeah. They know that, too. They have incredible careers. Um, they're so incredibly talented and gracious and humble, and I love them. Yeah. And they deserved that opportunity. They were perfect. Yeah. They were great. We were just exposed to that. Yeah. Because... We were just like, oh, wow, like, Broadway is a lot closer than it is, and if I don't get, uh, the bar was raised very quickly. Very quickly. Right. Very fast. I was 18. Right. I had went from being in a high school musical to being like, my friends are on oh Broadway. shit, my <laughs> two friends aren't in their seats anymore because they have call, final callbacks for a Broadway show in a building that I could see from my classroom. Right. Across the river. I mean, it, it, that, that's that does pressure. something. That's pressure. That does something. And I, I think that does, did something maybe to our Dynamic. class. Yeah. Like our, our class kind of, because now do not get us wrong. Like we are 
we are the most supportive. I mean, we gag over each other. Yeah. We gag over each other, as, as, every, as every musical theater class should. Yes. But they don't always. But we love each other. It took a while. But we just are, the, like, those are my people. Yeah. I mean, they are my brothers and sisters. Right. So imagine being 18. Right. Being so incredibly happy mm-hmm. and then immediately having really high expectations. Yeah. For before you even finish your freshman year of college. Yeah. It's true. And people make that argument for programs in New York or around New York of, like, you can start auditioning, like, you'll be so much more ready by the time you graduate. And I was like, more fucked up. Yeah, I mean, there is a degree to which, like, I have always said that I'm grateful that I went to a smaller school in the middle of nowhere. I went to Millican University, and, you know, that just wasn't possible. No. We were in a really small town. I had no choice but to focus up, yeah. train my ass off, yeah. and prepare myself to move to New York. And I came to New York. Um, I was not one of those who had never been. I had been to New York sure. quite a few times. But I came energized, charged, ready, excited, wide-eyed, just so happy to be there. And with very, very little amount of being jaded. And, you know, and I figured it out. I met people. I went to auditions. Like, casting directors got to know me. Like, it wasn't some secret formula that these New York programs give you that I couldn't get on my own no. in the great school of life. It's literally just their location. Right. They, they can't teach you that. It's just... But the opportunity being there, it just, like, exposes you to... I was not ready to audition. I was not right. ready for the auditions I was going for. Right. I see that now when I'm in the room. I'm, like, looking, I'm like... You know, you know when someone's comfortable. Yeah. There's no way no. I was comfortable. No. There's no way I was singing the right song. There was no way I was dancing correctly. Yeah. I look back and laugh at what I must have looked like, knowing what I know now. I mean, of course, we all do. Right. But we kind of did that early enough so that by the time I was 22, I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm going back to Jersey. Yeah. I'm I'm going to Pennsylvania. Oh, a job in Illinois? Cool. Oh, a tour? Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, Illinois for what's now almost two years? Great. Great. What do you think about that? Do you think... That like, was it good or bad? Yeah, like, do you think that it just sort of upped your timeline? Like, if you had started what, after you graduated a little... Like, if you had gone to another program somewhere further away and then came to New York bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, do you think you would have just be been four years past the timeline? Or do you think... I mean, yeah, I mean, like like we said, the, the linear thing is, like, such BS. So right. it's like, who... You know, you obviously know, like, who can say. Right. So, but that being said, I would be in a better auditioning position than Mm -hmm. I am now. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that I would necessarily, I would be, like, more skilled or more, Mm -hmm. or or better or worse or, like, based on another program, but being kind of thrown into a lion's den as, like, an already anxious person who just doesn't know how to dance yet or doesn't really know how to sing yet. Yeah. And you're around, like, people who really know how to dance and really know how to sing. Yeah. In New York City. Yeah. And it was those experiences where it was like, holy cow, I don't fit in. Yeah. That made me be like, well, then I don't fit in. Right. And I was willing, I was almost willing to, like, hold on to that, what I now know is a falsehood. Yeah. But I was willing to hold on to that because it comforted me. 
Yeah. That's not right for me. I'm right, not right for New York. I yeah. don't like it. Yeah. I, I'm writing it off. Nope, I tried it. Right. I went to school really close. I, I don't I don't want to do the auditioning thing. Oh, I got a job at home. Oh, I got another job here. And then it's just been, like, regional stuff. Which is legitimate. Like, that's totally a great legitimate. career. Yeah, totally. And, I, and I've, I've, I've found more appreciation for yeah. it now. Yeah. It's just been my path. But, yeah, I mean, like, if I went to a school that was further away and... New York still looked like, well, I don't know. Uh, for you, did, did you have the the shell shock of the, like, broken glitz? Well, you said you had visited before, so you knew the glitz and glam wasn't all glitz and glam. I think one of, one of the greatest blessings I've had in life is I knew I wanted to live in New York before I knew I wanted to be an actor. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have never intrinsic intrinsically linked success in performing in New York. Ah, yes. As you shouldn't. Right. But I would say that I am in the very small minority of people. My mom lived in New York. My mom went to college in New York okay. and lived in New York for... Shinta Barnard. Fun. Yeah. And she lived in New York for a number of years after that. My dad spent almost as much of my childhood in, in New York as he did in my hometown it was ever present in yeah. my life and it just always seemed like the logical place for me to go yeah. and start performing until I was in high school and then I was like, oh wait New I York is both. where you go when you're a <laughs> musical theater performer? How yeah. convenient! So I think that really gave me a better sense of what it was going to be like. Yeah. I had parents who I think that's another thing too, my parents weren't worried really or afraid Like okay. maybe to an extent of course just by being parents, but they had a better sense of what New York was like and it didn't seem it like such a big, scary, crazy place. Right. So I think that softened that blow for Soften me. Softened the blow, okay, yeah. Um, people all the time think that I must have had such a shocking experience coming from Hilton Head, South Carolina, like nature preserve yeah. like, island I mean, to like the big city. Right. But you know what? They're about the same size island, so we got that. I was that, just going to say, like, I, you, I probably had more of a shell shock reaction than you did. Yeah, maybe. And even though, like, New York was ever-present for us, too, it seemed so just not like a place where people lived. Mm. So I think you having the realization that you wanted to live there so early... Yeah. A lot of people... Where? Where, where, do, where do they right. live? In, in the all these Empire buildings? And all yeah. The, yeah. Like, that's not a... That's, that's true. not a home... That's not a town. Right. Where are the school buses? It's you where we go to see a show for that's the day. That's where the Rockettes a... live. Yeah. Like, I don't live there. Right, You know, right, like... Right. And then that wasn't a realization until I was, like, in high school, like we were saying, like... Yeah. Wicked was the first, like... I had seen Broadway shows before that, mm-hmm. but Wicked was the one where I, like... Yeah. Saw it, and I was like... Oh, this is their job. This is, yep. Oh, they do this every night. Yep. Oh, Mine was Mamma Mia in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. See, we all have right. We all yep. have it. Yep. And I was like, oh, they do this every night. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. And then I never stopped. Yeah. And here I am in Illinois. And here we are. Sitting on the floor of my cast housing room. <laughs> talking to a Talk, girl with a microphone. Talking to a girl with a mic. <laughs> yeah. If you enjoyed this episode of The Dreaded Question, you should be even more excited for part two of this episode, where Corey and I get real and discuss what it's like to be an actor with anxiety and the ways in which our industry could be clearer and kinder. Thank you so much for listening, and I already can't wait to share next week's episode with you all. My name is Lily Torre, and this has been another episode of The Dreaded Question.